Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Flashes, champions of the Mid-American Conference. Little trick play and a throw to Baker Mayfield to tie the game. Period grab by Leonard. Throw to first. Unbelievable. Chubb will take this all the way. 92 yards. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. The Indians have won the American League pennant. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. I accepted it. Gladiator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Past the Mike Sports Talk on this Monday, January 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Enzo Orlando, and along with me is a good caller and a friend of the show, uh, Hunter Aletta. Uh, he was on last week, but we ran into some technical difficulties with the episode and couldn't get it uploaded. But hey, this time the folks can now hear a whole episode with Hunter. And how you doing today? I'm doing all right, Enzo. You know, just uh, another Monday in the new year, but hey, everything is going pretty good. I mean, NFL season's over for us, but hey, now we can just, you know, watch other teams. I think this is a good sign that the NFL season's over for us. Uh, we don't have to deal with all the Browns talk and everything because this season, uh, what a disappointment us, not in the playoffs as they were eliminated last week. but. They finished the season on what Coach Stefanski said on a strong note with a win over the Bengals yesterday, 21-16, the final score. And this was a pretty solid game they put up. Uh, Case Keenum had a good game. He did have that interception, but I thought that was a questionable call because he was – it was a fumble, actually. And they thought it was, he was throwing it forward pass, and they ruled it a fumble as the Bengals to plug it out of his hand. Uh, no Joe Burrow for the Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase was very in. Baker Mayfield was out, but he did go to First Energy Stadium to support his teammates and everything. But just not the result the Browns wanted to be in at the end of the season. No, I mean, I think after the year we had last year, I mean, it was kind of when you, you know what's interesting. People, I talk to people, they reminisce. They say, "Oh, this season's like 2019 season." No, it wasn't. This this year was we actually had a legitimately good team, a legitimately good defense, and you know, it, it just I think just something got lost into the fray and with this team because at the beginning of the year, the offense was performing and the defense was black. And then it was like, I don't know, like probably I think maybe after the Arizona game or something, the defense started to step up and the offense started going down, which was very interesting. Enzo, I mean, here's the thing. As a Browns fan, I mean, I – I had a, I hate, I'm not saying I told you, but I had a feeling this was going to happen, that, you know, something was going to happen, and maybe the football gods were saying this and this. But, no, I mean, yesterday's win was a good win because that was a win. That was a game to say, all right, who's committed into next year? Who wants to be a Brown next year? And uh, who's just says, all right, let me get my game check and go home. Like, and then I'll tell you this, it was smart for Baker Mayfield to be on that sideline yesterday because if he didn't show up in that sideline, it just said it right the, the relationship with the Browns and Baker, it would have said it right there. But he showed up, and so I'll give him credit. And, yes, uh, we did see this past week that the media was just questioning Baker Mayfield's relationship uh, with the Browns and uh, mainly uh, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, Mary Kay uh, wrote that article on uh, last Wednesday said that Baker and Stefanski weren't getting along. And then the following day, uh, Baker went on Twitter and tweeted at her saying that it was all clickbait stuff. Uh, I want to get your opinion on it, and then I'll get in the mind about what you're thinking about Baker just going after the media like he usually is. And You know what? Just, I mean – Does this need to stop or – 
I think it needs to stop. And, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, that worked honestly when he was in college. When you're, you know, you're in college football, you have, you know, a program alumni in Oklahoma that's going to have your back and a boosters program. But when you're in the NFL, you know, these aren't college kids. When you say all this, you got grown men coming in to tear your head off and trying to kill you every single play. And when he calls out refs, the media, you know, all these reports, like that worked when he was in college and got into the Heisman and the draft. Now you're in the NFL. When you have won a Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers, then you can say stuff that Aaron Rodgers says. Because Aaron Rodgers has already been – people say, oh, Aaron Rodgers did it. or you know, That's because he's won a Super Bowl. He's won three MVPs. He is established. Baker Mayfield has yet to get a seat at the table. I mean, he, 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 he made the buffet line yesterday at the, the playoffs. But it just, again – he just needs to let go of this against the world mentality and, you know, prove everybody wrong and just go out and play ball. Just go out and ball. That's all that matters. I mean, when he's got so much on his mind, it, you could just see it right there and it ruins his confidence. Just like, just go out and play ball. Who cares what people say? And if he plays the way he does next this year, the way he does next year, especially with a contract year, don't be, shocked if Cleveland doesn't offer him that contract after next year and he goes to somewhere like I don't I mean who knows I mean I know someone will take him but I mean again it just he just needs to go out there play ball and just not worry about the outside noise I mean yes that has been something he has been doing the past four years as a quarterback in the NFL um I would say this was somewhat similar to 2019 but I think the Browns just had a better coaching staff than that 2019 coaching staff. Oh, yeah. And I just think things just never got on the right page, like you said, but mainly with the offense this year. I thought the offense was probably the biggest disappointment this whole season, and especially with the not, not us using our best player, which is Nick Chubb. And last game, only had 58 yards, no touchdowns, but they let Dearness Johnson run for over 100, for 123 yards and, and a touchdown. So I don't know if they're arresting Chubb. Or they were just, you know, I think really so. not you. I, I think you so. saw that in the Steelers game too. I'm with you. That could be the case, but they went out with the win. It's all you I, I think so too. You know, I, I, I like the if they were trying to rest Chubb. I, I, here's the thing: if the Bengals would have lost the Chiefs, you would have saw Chubb more in that Steelers game. But the fact that they lost, I think Kevin Stefanski and crew was like, look, Chubb right now is our best player. We can't get him hurt because you see what happens with running backs in this league when they get hurt. It takes a while for him to come back sometimes. And all it takes is one bad hit to the knee and he's done for a year. And it just, no, like I am okay with not playing Nick Chubb and getting Dearness more looks because – I mean, if he comes back to Cleveland, great, good for him. But he just played himself into a solid contract on another team. And you have another prospect in a Felton who can really develop into kind of like that third down back. But you have Kareem, you've got Chubb, you've got Felton. I think you're solid. I'm okay with Stefanski not even touching with um, uh, uh, Chubb. Now, he probably got his touches just so he gets his game check and he gets like that, you know – incentives and requirements for his contract so I'm okay with that because he's the true I mean you want to have a heart he is literally the heart of that team like he's all about the team he's not an individual yes and you can just see that in the way he plays and just the amount of hard work but then he also made a comment about Baker about saying that he truly does care about this team I mean this season Baker with all the injuries he had his shoulder his knee his ribs and just going out there every day, I mean, yeah, it's that tough man mentality, which it's good to have, but it gets to a point where he Baker went to the next stop and, like you said, uh, runs his mouth and just says he's okay because there was reports about him talking back to the Browns trainers and everything, saying that he's fine. But it really hurt him big time this year, and he's getting surgery uh, soon. He's just going back home and then going to Los Angeles to get it. So hopefully he just has a nice recovery and everything. Uh, but when it comes to 
looking towards next season, are you saying Baker's the clear starter or we're going to have some competition between him, Keenum, maybe someone else? Here's the thing. I don't think we'll have Keenum. I think Keenum played well to where he's going to either want a crap ton of – here's the thing. If he comes back to the Browns, he's going to probably tell Cleveland, look, I'll come back, but if Baker doesn't do well, I'm playing the rest of the year. He's not going to just be like an insert kind of guy, like you just plug him in certain games. And I think – I don't know if you would – here's the thing. The only way you would see a quarterback competition, Enzo, is if the Browns draft a quarterback. That is the in the midst between second and fourth round. That is the only way I see a, maybe a top position. But I think Baker is the starter because you're paying him $19 million, And if you really want to say, oh, it was just injuries or um, COVID, then okay, then let's just see if it really was. Let him get healthy. And let's see where he gets from here. But he, he just needs more offensive help. Yes. And uh, with that, we are going to end uh, Brown's talk on past the mic for the next, let's say, three months, not until it gets close to the draft time and everything. Because it was just a long year for us. And like I said, disappointing. I think, wasn't I think with that 18 game, the, eight, the 17 game season made it feel like it was a year. Oh, it did feel like a year. It felt like it took forever to get to week 18, but somehow we're here. Before we get into um, the rest of week 18 and Black Monday, we got to give a check on our Cleveland Cavaliers. We went to the game on Tuesday against the Grizzlies where it was a pretty solid game. Cavs had the lead in the most of the game, but towards the end, the Grizzlies were able to come back and take a win, 110-106 with that final on that Tuesday night we went. I got to say, the Cavs put up a good performance. It's just sometimes, and they just get collapsing and just can't always finish. And you got John Moran, who I think closed it out. Yeah, it's Moran. John Moran closed out for the Cavs. I mean, for the Grizzlies, excuse me. But, no, I mean, they're a fight. They're a young team they're a fighting team and I think this is going to be an interesting team to watch down the road and years to come I I I can see that they're just still young they're still learning uh they were able to bounce back in Portland and get the win there uh Raja and Rondo was in that lineup for that game um Mm -hmm. really put up impressive numbers but it's good having that veteran leadership on the team and then last night they go to take on the Golden State Warriors. I can still say they're the Cavs rival just because of the history that we've had with them and also uh, us becoming a good team again. And the Warriors are getting back healthy, and that was the return of Clay Thompson, uh, who was known for literally breaking the Cavs' heart in the finals. Uh, didn't play much, but he did a solid performance. He had 17 points in that game while Steph Curry had 28. I mean, towards the – Second half, he, he was just kind of running over. It looked like those finals games where the Cavs would just get blown out by them. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those games. I watched a little bit of the game. Unfortunately, YouTube TV doesn't have NBA TV, so uh, I have to use a friend of mine's streaming account. But, no, I mean, it's just um, – Again, you know, they, they fought. They fought against a very good Golden State team that had, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond. I believe Draymond on play. But they fought. This is going to be a team that, you know what, I mean, you just it, it's just going to take time. Once you get Rajon Rondo into the mix, I think that's, a, you know, his veteran leadership and his championship experience will help the Cavaliers back court. I agree. I just think in that game, it was kind of like, you know, LeBron's game last week was Big Ben's final game. This one was Klay Thompson's return after two years. And I think it's a lot of emotion, more emotion on the Warrior side to want to go out and win it for Klay. And I think that's probably why the Cavs lost this one. They just couldn't keep up with that, the Warriors uh, atmosphere at uh, Ch- the Chase Center. But looking ahead, they got an easy uh, – Opponents take on the Kings. So, looking for a better game than them. Hey, they got a long road trip. After that Memphis game, they have like, what, like 
six-game road trip. Yeah, they're pretty much on the West Coast. I mean, that time difference and everything. They go to Sacramento and Utah and San Diego, Oklahoma City. They don't come back till next Monday, MLK Day, to take on the Brooklyn Nets, who will be a full healthy team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving now. Well, hey, we'll see. You know what, at this point, I think if we just win enough games to just get in and then see where we are in the playoffs and where we need to grow as a team, then we can go from there. All right. Uh, moving on, we are now getting into back into the NFL uh, with just going, with going on national. And today is Monday and is known as the day after the regular season. Then is known as Black Monday and uh, – here are the coaches that were fired. Uh, Vic Fangio, uh, he was fired actually on Sunday because they played the Chiefs on Saturday and lost that one. And it wasn't that much of a surprise, but, I mean, he did keep the Broncos in the playoff race for a while, but I just think it wasn't working out for him the past two, two three years he was with them. No, I mean – I think Fangio was – I think he, he was a really good defensive coordinator, I think, with San Francisco and Chicago. Um, and I think it was just one of those things where a team wanted to give him a chance and see what happens. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's, hey, you know what? He's been a coordinator for all these years. Let's see if he'll be a good head coach. And, well, you saw. Yeah, and uh, the next coach – Fired. Uh, this one was a pretty obvious one. Uh, Mac Nagy of the Chicago Bears out of there. Bears fans are happy. They are relief. Um, I think they just had enough of uh, Matt Nagy's uh, play calling, um, his decision making, and um, not allowing Fields playoffs, let alone he was hurt. I think Fields just needs to have a better coach in the Chicago in order to develop him to be a better uh, quarterback. So, kind of like with Baker with Freddie Kitchens, you know, looking for that coach that worked well with him, which looked like Stefanski, even though this year didn't really work out. But they, according to Baker, they still have a good relationship. But I don't think anyone was surprised Matt Nagy was gone. You know what's interesting? With essentially with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback, his first year they win the division, go to the playoffs. Last year, yeah, they were 7-9. and nine, But you still made it to the playoffs. I mean, people are saying, yeah, I mean, don't even, I think Justin Fields is a way better athlete of a quarterback and everything for sure. But, I mean, it just, it just shocks me, you know, in this day and age in the NFL and how, you know, sometimes stingy teams are when you've been to the playoffs. Like, what, it was 2018, 2020. So, yeah, in a two, you know, your four years as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, you went to the playoffs two times and – you know, I mean, if you think about it, that you know, I mean, obviously, if that kick would have got in, it would have been all right. But you know, it it just shocks me. I mean, but yeah, something just went wrong, and I think Justin Fields needs a very good offensive-minded head coach to um, really help develop him. Yeah. He does, and I, I think if, if if Chicago finds a coach that's able to develop him, I mean, the Bears will be a very good team, and as long as they can keep that defense together too, they'll, they'll be solid going the next year. But uh, sticking in the NFC North, another coach was fired. I wasn't surprised either, but Mike Zimmer's job with the Vikings is over. My Viking friends are so happy. They were sick of seeing his dumbass during this whole season, just making these questionables. The Vikings, they have a very talented roster, but they couldn't execute it, and they had the same frustration as Browns fans, I would say, this season. And, but here's the thing, too. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Vikings. You have a quarterback in Kirk Cousins. You have a running back in Dalvin Cook. You've got Justin Jefferson. You've got um, Adam Thielen. What's his name? Uh, Adam Thielen. I mean, you don't have a bad offense. You really don't. I just think maybe they're just like they just need that young off again, another young offensive-minded coach to take them over. And defensively, they aren't that bad either. They've got some decent names on that Vikings defense. I mean, they're pretty stingy. I mean, you know, it's not like um, 
uh, whoever the who is the top D. I mean, it just they've got names, but I think you just need a, a coach. And again, first one of those guys were a longtime coordinator with Cincinnati, and they gave him a shot, and it just didn't work. Obviously, the only I think the only prominent year they had was the Minnesota Miracle with Case Keenum. Yes, and and uh, Zimmer was with Chicago, was with Minnesota for such a long time, and I think it was just time for him to go and. It was really no point. I just think Minnesota just needs a new change and everything. Um, personally, I do not want Mike Zimmer to be uh, associated with the Browns staff, even though him and Stefanski were very close together. If he comes to the Browns – He wouldn't be a coach. If he comes to the Browns, he'll be like an analyst, I think, like a, like an assistant to like Joe Woods or something. There's, there's no way – I mean, I really don't – I mean, if anything – I think the one coach that could put, you could see potential leave might be Alex Van Pelt because the offensive coordinator for Minnesota is Clint Kubiak, the son of Gary Kubiak, who runs the same exact offense as Kevin Stefanski. And when Stefanski was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota, Clint Kubiak was the quarterback coach. So I can see, you know, uh, I could see Van Pelt leave and then go with – and then the um, fancy I could see that happen. Interesting. Uh, and then the final coach fired on Black Monday, a Miami Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores. Many people found it to be a surprise. I uh, led the Dolphins to back-to-back winning records, but they just couldn't make the playoffs due to just the way the NFL playoff scene works and everything. Just they're in a tough – uh, division two with the Bills and Patriots at top usually. So it was just very unfortunate. Another minority coach fired too, which is upsetting a lot of people too. So what's your take on this? Flores fired. I no mean, no, I didn't see this coming because, I mean, when you think about it, they won out like was they they would start what one and six and they won seven straight. I mean that's pretty darn impressive to do in the NFL and they did it with a quarterback that they really didn't want and, and apparently in Tua and Tonga Bailoa and Tua really performed. But I, I think he will get a, another head coaching job somewhere. But it's just again you know he's a he's a Belichick disciple so I wouldn't be shocked if he gets another uh, head coaching opportunity somewhere else but you know that was a shocker to me if anything I mean if anything I was waiting to hear maybe I don't know uh, Pete Carroll retiring at the end of the year or something I mean that's the one but Brian Flores uh, get parting ways with the Dolphins that definitely shocked me a little bit yes uh now, done with Black Monday, we're going to get into the games from Week 18, starting out with Saturday football. Uh, the Chiefs taking on the Broncos. They beat the Broncos 28-24, a very close one between a playoff team and a non-playoff team. Uh, the, this Broncos team really did go out there and fight, uh, even though they fired McGinnis. They just really haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manny, the Broncos. And in this game – the Chiefs did pretty good offensively. The defense, you're still seeing those flaws in their secondary, and that's why Denver was able to keep it close with them throughout this game. Oh, here we go. All right, now we're good. Okay. okay. Sorry. I must um, – my wife and I must have blitzed a little bit. But anyways, no, that was – it was an interesting game. I think the Chiefs were really trying to get that number one seed, which they did, unfortunately. But, you know – Denver's just in an interesting position because you got Bridgewater and then Drew Locke showed a lot of um, guts in that game. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've got the weapon. I mean, you have, they have solid offensive weapons there. I just think they need a competent offensive coach to take them there. Yeah. And also a better quarterback too. And there's someone that would just fit their system. We know Drew Locke and dancer, yeah. uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, unfortunately, out of the season, so who knows when he's going to come back and be fully healthy. He might be ready by the start of training camp, but who really knows for sure. He's been known as – he's been now known as like a journeyman pretty much throughout his career at Bridgewater. He's like a better Tyrod Taylor. 
I, I can agree with you that they have similar play style to him and Tyrod Taylor, but I just think Taylor just he's just had unfortunate events and just usually a w- rookie quarterback wait, waiting for him. Uh, I think with Bridgewater, he just had a lot of injuries to him and really could never get past him. And then, and then he's playing good, and then he gets hurt again. So very unfortunate. But moving on to the next Saturday game, uh, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The final score of that one, Cowboys 51, Eagles 26. Both of these teams are in the playoffs. But if you're looking at this, you can clearly tell Dallas is a 10 times better team than the Eagles. I mean, they had, they had the start regarding Minshew in this one since uh, Jalen Hurts was out with COVID. And Minshew Mania, everyone gets all hype or anything, but did not have that good of a game as compared to the last game. Uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of the Cowboys offense literally dominated the Eagles defense in this one. This game was not even close in the second half at all. You know what? I will tell you this. I could see a quarterback controversy in um, Philly because even though Hurts was maybe their starter, um, you know, Gardner in the games he played, he really performed well. And depending on if they, if you know, let's say if Hurts isn't able to play in the game, uh, the, the playoff game, and Gardner goes out and performs at least, you could have a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. I mean, it's a situation I would say the Eagles really don't want to be in after uh, what happened the last season with Carson Wentz and then uh, Jalen Hurts, too, is that controversy. I mean, I don't really think they ever really felt like Hurts was the guy or anything, but that could potentially happen with him and uh, Minshew. And you got to give credit to the Eagles coaching, too. I mean, just no one thought they would be above 500 or even be in the playoffs, but the Eagles mm-hmm. are in it. No. Nobody thought that. That was that. That was you know why. Hey, they they planted they planted the seeds and now they're getting some flowers. And with that, uh, going to Sunday's game, and the Detroit Lions beat the Green Bay Packers thirty-seven to thirty. This Lions team always fight through every game, and this. The Packers already clinched number one season play. They did have Aaron Rodgers go out there and play, but you've seen a lot of the Lions. What does this tell you about this team going into next season? Well, Enzo, I'm glad you bring that because I went to two game, three games in associate that team. One on Halloween because I'm not paying a hundred bucks to sit in the nosebleed to watch the Browns play the Steelers, and then. Um, and obviously, I went to the Thanksgiving game and then the Browns-Lions game. But, no, I mean, that's a team that fights. I mean, first off, shout-out to a friend of, uh, a friend of all, our family and everything, and John Dorsey. But, no, it just – that I think ever since that guy uh, was – Dan Campbell took over play calling, they've been more dynamic. And, you know, I think they've won a few more games ever since they took over – he took over play calling from uh, Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach, and – Bill's interim head coach. But, I mean, it, you know what? I think Detroit has good wing blocks, but I think they are maybe one they, – they, for them, they need a wide receiver. They need a wide receiver and maybe a few defense – and then, obviously, a good defensive end, either Calvin Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. So, we'll see. But I think Detroit's a long way from saying they're a playoff team, but you, you could definitely build around Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, we've seen that with the Rams with Sean McVay. And in these players on the Lions, they pretty much uh, just fight for Dan Campbell. And I think in this game, the Packers, I think once they saw the Lions take a lead, they really just didn't care. They knew they were just going to be in the playoffs, and they got a bye too. So I don't think they had that much interest in this game once uh, they saw Detroit was beating them. And, but, hey, no. Detroit beat two playoff teams, the Cardinals and the Packers. So, you can put that as pretty impressive as everyone thought they were yeah. the best team in the league. And in my opinion, I don't think Detroit's worse. No, it's just I. Th- but then we look at it towards the beginning of the year. They fought against San Francisco. They took it to Baltimore. They took it to Chicago once or twice. They took it to. They almost beat Minnesota. I mean, they they fought, but I think they're just a few players away from becoming a, you know on the cusp seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, but it's going to take some time. 
I think they have a good foundation, but it's just, again, you know, it's just, it's all about in the Lions front, front office on getting the right players. And I think they got really build that offense. Yes. Uh, moving on to the next game, staying in the NFC North as the Vikings beat the Bears 31-17. Mike Zimmer's last game, he goes out a winner. And, and Matt Nagy goes out a loser in the whole city of Chicago and the whole city of Minneapolis are now cheering that their coach is gone. But in this game, it's pretty much just Kirk Cousins dominating this one with 250 yards and three touchdowns. Bears quarterback Andy Dalton had one touchdown and two interceptions, but passed for 320 yards. Uh, you can definitely tell that the running backs on both these teams are pretty solid, too. Just really, I say, n- neither of these teams, any playoffs records or anything, uh, the Vikings expected to make it. They couldn't. And the Bears, it was just, you know, it was just one game they had to just go out and play, and uh, Minnesota just showed that they were just the better team. Minnesota, and like I said previously, they are a off a solid offensive coach away from being a serious contender in the in the NFC. I just when again that talent, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, uh, was I think Mattinson is the backup running back for Dalvin Cook. He's a solid. I mean, he's a good backup, but I just. Yeah, when you got those wet, when you got those tools in mini in Minnesota, you gotta go with it. I mean, they, Minnesota's a they're a good offensive team, and they you know when the Browns played them, they were what what the top offensive team in the league. Yeah, they, they were, and just they couldn't really execute or anything. They just had the same issues as the Browns did all season, and ironically, both of them finished with the same record too, and come from a right. similar system. But enough of that. Moving on to the next game, uh, the Washington football team beating the Giants 22-7. And my question is, how is Joe Judge still a head coach in the NFL? What was he doing? It's what, fourth and three? No, yeah, four – or was it? Yeah, was it fourth down or was it third down? I believe it was fourth down. In the- fourth down on your own four-yard line, and you're going for a QB sneak. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I originally had a drunkie. I take my original drunkie. He is now my drunkie. Joe Judge, how that man still has a job, I don't know. I know Bill Parcells is a special assistant, but not listed with the Cleveland Browns. But he's got some fingers with the Giants because, or someone like Belichick because, first off, when the Giants hired him as a special teams coach, uh, was a uh, head coach from the Patriots, they chose him over Eric Bieniemy. And I can see, you know, okay, you know, you look at guys like John Harbaugh, who's a special teams coordinator, maybe it would work, but what the heck is he doing? I mean, you look at – first off, that's another team. Solid offense, Evan Ingram, tight end, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver. Kenny got you know what's funny is the New York Giants put out a tweet beginning of the year in July. How many touchdowns is Kenny Galladay gonna have? He had zero this year. Kadarius Tony, first round pick, uh, zero. Saquon Barkley, a, a tremendous talented running back. And he just I feel like they are wasting him. And Daniel Jones, please. They had Jake Fromm in this game. Daniel Jones was out. The, the oh, Georgia legend. Uh, he had two interceptions that game. But if you look at Washington, their defense actually came out and played, but they weren't playing that good of a team. And this was probably the last game they were called the Washington football team. No. Their new name is going to be coming out February 2nd. Rumors has it it might be the Commanders. Nothing's for sure. Not a big fan of that one. No, and my whole thing on that is is that you know, you know the yeah the logo wasn't very uh, and you know politically incorrect, but you know when you think about Redskins, that is a pretty bad name. I mean, that is a derogatory name that is used to the Native Americans. And if I were to do something, I mean, yeah, if and it, here's the thing, I understand why you want to give it a name because every team's got to have a name. But the Washington football team is a marketing genius. 
because you still have older players saying, oh, yeah, the Redskins, but then they correct themselves because, it, you know, it, it's a marketing genius right there. I mean, my father's a businessman. He said, it's perfect. Like, you call it the Washington football team because now people are still going to call them the Redskins off, the, you know, on TV or on radio, and then they got to correct themselves. But, I mean, if it's the Commanders, that just sounds like another XFL kind of name. Yes. Uh, then moving on to the next game, this one had playoff impl- implications in it. The Colts taking on the Jaguars, and guess what? <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars Without beat the Colts. 26-11, they blew them out. You had Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the league, and the Jacksonville defense was able to hold him to 100 y- yards or less in rushing. Carson Wentz looking like – himself from last season, and, and Trevor Lawrence playing his best game of the year in his last game, 223 yards and two touchdowns. And, and to be honest, I'd say the Colts are playing the worst team in the league. All they had to do was beat this team in, in Jacksonville where they haven't won since 2014, and, and they lost. I just think there's a curse with the Colts playing in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville was just flat-out terrible the whole year. And the Colts just really pull up this game. And the fans went as clowns you, to the game because of how bad their season was. Yes. You know what's funny, Enzo? There's a segment. I don't know if it's on ESPN Monday Night Football or if it's on College Game Day where – or or it was Monday or Sunday NFL Countdown where the segment is you had one job. The Colts literally had one job. You're going to Jacksonville. You're trying to play for the playoffs, okay? Don't assume what I. First off, you know what? It was this. I just can't believe. I mean, you lost to the Jaguars, even with. I mean, you know what? It looks better that you lost to them because if you were lost to them and Urban Meyer was still the head coach, you'd be the biggest embarrassment with the whole NFL right now. They're just lucky that Urban Meyer wasn't on the sidelines. Oh, they were, and I got a lot more to say about the Colts later on. But moving on to the next game with playoff. But I bet they're wishing he was on the sideline. Oh. I I would have been amazed if Urban Meyer finished the season. I mean, after the couple no, of reports that came I, I out. I bet they wish Urban was on that sideline. Next, my whole thing with Urban Meyer, I have a whole – I have a bone to pick with that individual, but that's for another time. All right. Uh, next game with playoff implications, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers won this one 16-13. This game came down to the wire in overtime. Browns fans are keep, we're keeping an eye on this one for sure because I don't think we wanted either of these teams to make it. But in my personal choice, I don't think the Steelers were really deserving this year. But they somehow made it. It was just a very, you know, in the second half, they really turned it around. I mean, Baltimore actually had the lead going into the going into the fourth quarter, but then Pittsburgh came back with a Chris Boswell field goal, and then the same thing happened in overtime. And you gotta say, I mean, the Ravens were banged up this whole year. Lamar Jackson was out. Tyler Huntley threw two interceptions. They have another starting running back the whole year, and then Big Ben had to go out there and play another game and. You saw his reaction on the side. He was, he was like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm going to the playoffs. And then he realized, well, I still got to practice and go to another game. So I think he really is kind of taking a whole toll with playing football for the past 15 years. You know, it's, it's great that Pittsburgh won. And that's, you know, it's a good little swan song in a way. But what are the odds that a team is – I mean, again, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. What are the odds that a team that is nine seven and one that's gonna beat that's gonna win the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I, you want to talk about if if like, I'm just saying this, if Ben Roethlisberger wins the Super Bowl with Pittsburgh this year, first off, he probably offered a, a portion of his soul to Satan or something. I don't know, but again, but again, you know that is going to be something for Canton. I mean, he. You know, I mean, yeah, he's, I think he's already a first battle Hall of Famer. But if he were to win the Super Bowl this year with his third one going out with the team of the year he had, oh, that's – you first name, right? You know, he'd be the first name list. 
inducted in the Hall of Fame whenever he's eligible, and he'd be the last person giving his induction speech as the highlight person. And you, and you could bet your sweet ass all of Fawcett Stadium and Tom, I'm sorry, Tom Beston Stadium is going to be nothing but blue gold. Oh, uh, yep, yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, he might have already sold his but, soul to save him, but <laughs> but Baltimore. I, but no, Baltimore. My and the thing about the Ravens is they lost. You know, the, they lost what four games in a row, and Lamar played what one of the four. I mean, that I it, I think the reason why they kept him out for the remainder of the year is so that he didn't get super hurt. That way, because he's gonna. You people talk about Baker's contract. Lamar Jackson's contract's the one you have to watch because he has an MVP. He's, he has two division championships. And he's playoffs in the years he's been the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. He's obviously going to get more money, but I think of the quarterbacks of that 2018 draft class, Lamar might get the closest to Pat Mahomes kind of money because he actually has an MVP. Yes, he did get a big signing contract uh, earlier before the season start. Uh, we'll move on to the next oh, Lamar game. resigned or Josh Allen? I thought Lamar got a big contract. Pretty sure he did. I didn't hear anything. But moving on, Titans versus Texans. Final score of that one, 28 to 25. With the, the tit- Titans playing it close against the Texans, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Derrick Henry was back, but they didn't use him. They're probably saving him for the playoffs, which I think is the smart decision. Uh, and this Texans team went out and just played. And Davis Mills, after a terrible performance last week, went out and passed for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Couldn't believe that. But the Titans, they currently are the number one seed in the AFC, which no one thought. Everyone was thinking the Chiefs. But Chiefs didn't have that good of a record to make it there. Coach of the year, Mike Rabel. Coach of the year. I mean, you know, he's uh, coach of the year. Um, what he's done with that Tennessee team after they lost Derrick Henry, people thought, oh, well, there goes uh, Tennessee. But then you have, you know, obviously what, two games you bring in Adrian Peterson, you know, you have, and then Ryan Tannehill really balanced this team out with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and the solid defensive job they've done in Tennessee. I mean, that, Mike Vrabel, I think, hands down, is the coach of the year. He has done a, a super job as the head coach yeah, for the Tennessee Titans. They've obviously – just depends so much on their run game, but he was able to adjust in the season, uh, change the way he's playing on. They had no Julio Jones, uh, no A.J. Brown, no Derrick Henry. They were still able to do this, still pull up these numbers, able to trust his quarterback in Town, and I would say he would be coach of the year for the 2021 season. Uh, but moving on to the next game, Saints – tanking on the Falcons. The Saints won that 30-20. to 20. Um, Sorry to interrupt, Enzo. Lamar Jackson does not have a new contract. According okay. to ESPN, he said he's focused on getting healthy and not a new contract. Okay. So he is so he has a rookie deal still. Still on a rookie deal. All right. Thanks for the correction, Hunter. But Saints Falcons game. No, Saints good. won that one, but finished with a record above five hundred, but they didn't make the playoffs. I gotta say, a very impressive season from the Saints too. Lost James mm-hmm. Winston early in the year, uh, going with Taysom Hill as your quarterback. Uh, originally, they had uh, who was who was their other guy? Oh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon too. And just Alvin Kamara being one of the top running backs in the league. Ariel still alive, always having a great defense too. I think Sean Payton's up there for Coach of the Year too, despite not making the playoffs. So that's where I think Vrabel has the edge. Because he had the number one team in the AFC. What happened to Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas didn't even play a single down this year. I, I knew people wow. had drafted him on fantasy this season. I mean, raw talent. That I mean, he. I mean, was he just shutting it down for the year? I mean, I just because. Wow. Yeah, great talent. Or did he pull a greedy Williams. From 2020. I think he did. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, next game. Bills taking on the Jets. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills won 27-10. to 10, The final score uh, will be 
rooting for the Bills in the playoffs for sure. They're like the team you root for. If the Browns aren't in the playoffs and if the Bills are, you're rooting for the Bills. You're not rooting for your division rivals. Like some people say they're rooting for the Bengals. I completely disagree with that. It'll always be the Bills are my second team to root for. Yeah, I would probably root for the Buffalo Bills too because my roommate, uh, his uncle um, was a mentor of one of the receivers, Gabe Davis, who I know Gabe not well, but I've met him a few times. Really good guy, so I'll definitely be rooting for the Bills. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, Buffalo, I think they're a solid team, but do I think they're like that good, that really good team that's going to take it to – I mean, they beat – they did beat Tennessee last year and or this season, I or no. I, you know, but I mean, Buffalo still is going to be a dangerous team, though. I mean, you know – Again, your first game of uh, your first game is going to be in your ice cold Buffalo, New York. So you definitely have the advantage. Uh, yes, they definitely will. Uh, we move on uh, to a very close game, an NFC West battle between the 49ers and the Rams. 49ers able to pull it off in overtime. The Rams ran into so many issues with Matt Stafford towards the end of the game because if they won that game, uh, they would have clinched. Uh, the tops, I don't know, they, I, they would have clinched one of the top spots in the NFC, second seed. Yep, number two seed. They, if they would have won, they would have gotten the second seed. <sighs> but they still won the division. I, I was watching the end of the game. I couldn't believe that. That end. I think I, Sean McVay they, they is winless against the 49ers. Yeah, the Rams were dominating that game early on, and then the second half, 49ers just woke up, came out and played. Jimmy Garoppolo having a fantastic game too, but they might still be moving on from him, the 49ers. I think, I mean, that was, I, I agree with that. I mean, Trey Lance, I mean, he, we said, we've seen enough of him. He didn't play a lot this year, which is okay. So he didn't get his brains beaten in, but he's definitely a guy who can play in the Kyle Shanahan system. And you got Debo Samuel, Brandon IU, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, the running back from I, I forgot where he's from, and then you've also got a Trey Sermon from Ohio State when he gets healthy. Um, I, I think the Niners gonna be a solid team. Jimmy G, I think, will definitely be a quarterback somewhere else. But like I said, Sean McVay, I believe he is winless against the San Francisco 49ers as a coach of the LA Rams. I think. Interesting take there. Uh, moving on to the next game, the Patriots taking on the Dolphins in Miami, and that curse is still real. And the, whenever the Patriots go to Miami, they always lose because they lost that one, 33-24. to 24, But they still get to go to the playoffs as Miami does not, and they fired their coach, which was just surprising. But, hey, that Dolphins team, what a season they have. It seems like they do this every year, start out slow and just finish strong. Had that eight-game win streak, then that fell off last year, then they won their last game. But I don't get the Dolphins. They're a very hard team to understand. There is – yeah, the Dolphins are a very hard team to understand. You've got that's – a, that's a group where if they had a uh, solid core of talent – actually, I take that back. Sean McVay has been the Niners, but he hasn't been them in a while. But, no, I mean – no, the Dolphins, I think you have the talent with Waddle and Tua and, you know, the defense they have with uh, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. I mean, they have the, the talent, but it's just – I just don't – in Miami, Florida, I mean, you're you know, a hot, you know, maybe four. It's just a nice area, but who knows? You know, what is up with the Dolphins? You're right. Uh, moving on to the next game, Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And the Seahawks come out on winners, 38-30 to 30, the final score. This is probably uh, one of Russell Wilson's worst season. Yes, he did have that thumb injury earlier in the year. But they were able to pull out a victory. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two touchdowns in this, this game. Rashard Penny ran for 190 yards and – Cardinals playing for stuff to get a higher seed in the playoffs and were unable to do it. 
And then with the Seahawks moving forward, it is questionable on what's going on. A lot of people saying Russell Wilson is more than likely going to be out of there. Don't know if Pete Carroll is going to retire or the Seahawks will release him of his duty. They're in a questionable spot, Seattle. I mean, Arizona, we'll see how they perform in the playoffs. They don't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins or J.J. Watt going forward. No, I, well, we heard J.J. might come back from that injury potentially for the playoffs. But, I mean, again, Seattle's going to be one of those things where – here's the thing. If I were Russell Wilson, I – you know, people tag him to the Giants. As long as Joe Judge is the head coach of the New York Giants, I wouldn't touch that with a, 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 social, a double social distance. I wouldn't touch that club with – the New York Giants are hot garbage right now. I mean, and I'm I, I probably assuming there's a lot of Giants listeners out there, and they're probably crap on the Browns. But the point is this. I mean, again, with what that t- – the, the, the New York Giants are literally the definition of insanity. What's going on right now? I mean, plus, but again, I think Seattle, if I were Russell Wilson – I would go to somewhere like New Orleans because you got Michael Thomas, you've got Alvin Kamara, and you got an offensive-minded coach in Sean Payton where I think, you know what, like he could be a, a solid fit for uh, the New Orleans Saints and to rival up against Tom Brady. That would be interesting, make it harder competition in for Tom Brady as we're going to the next game. Panthers losing to the Buccaneers 41-17. The Panthers didn't have McCaffrey. He was out for the season. Their quarterback situation is a mess, and the Panthers and the Buccaneers just dominated them overall. I really don't have much to say about this one. They're just ready for the playoffs, Tampa. I, you know, it's, I think they're ready for the playoffs, but I think they wish they still had Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette's still a solid back for them. You know, yeah, Le'Veon Bell's a nice little touch in a way, but he, I just think Le'Veon – I mean, I don't know if Le'Veon's the same type of player – um, but I, again, you just have to hope that a uh, playoff Tom shows up and shows him the magic. <laughs> yeah. And Le'Veon Bell has not been the same player ever since he uh, left the Pittsburgh Steelers and Leonard Fournette's one of the, he's a great power back to have and really helped him a lot last season to win the Super Bowl. but going to the final game, Sunday night football, the chargers taking on the Raiders. A lot of people wanted this game then in the tie just so the Steelers wouldn't make the playoffs. But it was close to the end. But the Raiders coming big with a, kicking a field goal and overtime winning at 35-32. to 32. And I got to say, I thought the Raiders were winning because I went to bed. Start of the fourth quarter. I did the fall just came back too. and won. Just came back and not won, but put it good in the overtime. Yeah, that was a good game. I mean, I went to bed because um, – you know, like 90% of the Americans out there and, or anyone I had, you know, we have jobs. We got to go up and get ready to go to work and make a living. Um, and, but no, I mean, it was good for my highlights. It was crazy. I mean, it was funny. The funniest part was is when you're watching that game, you know, charge, you know, start, you know, the Raiders were planning on going for the tie because want anybody I understand that but when they called timeout I think it was funny that then the um the Raiders just said ah let's just go for the field goal and see what happens and they won so they knocked out the Chargers so that's I think that's going to be a rivalry from years to come I know you got Chiefs and Raiders and all that but Chiefs Chargers you got two young teams I mean great talent you know if Rich I said this last week on the show but unfortunately, we didn't get it uh, uploaded. But Rich Passaccia should be considered to be the head coach of the Vegas Raiders for what he has done this year. Whether he wins a playoff game or doesn't win the playoff game, he should be the first consideration for the LA Raiders. I know Jim Harbaugh and everything, but you know, is is linked to that job because again, Al Davis is, or sorry, Mark Davis is a nut job, and they're just the Raiders and they just do everything weird. But you just keep what you have. Right. What you have, for maybe like a Devontae Adams from Green Bay, give it to Derek Carr and give him opportunities to really bring this team to the next level because they are a solid team. 
the Raiders. They are, and they went through a lot this season with the whole John Gruden email scandal, the Henry Ruggs DUI, which was that's a lot to go through for a team in a season. But they were able to pull through all of these uh, hard times and just show up and just play football, and that's pretty much what the Raiders did. And very quickly, we'll look through wild card weekend and the Raiders. And the Bengals will be the first game on Saturday. And then the next game, this is going to be a good one. Patriots taking on the Bills in Buffalo. It's going to be crazy up there in Orchard Park. I'll tell you that. That is going to be a good game to watch because the last time they were there, the Patriots just ran the ball the whole time. Mac Jones threw it three times. I wonder if Belichick's going to go with a similar game plan like that because it's expected to be 13 degrees in Buffalo that day. No, I, I got my picks on there is I got the Bengals winning. I, I think Raiders are solid, but I just think the healthy Joe Burrow and Joe. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow is a gamer. He is a guy that just goes out, he plays ball, and he does. He literally takes no shit from anybody, and he just goes out and plays ball. I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, you know." Um, if you were on Cleveland, yeah, obviously Cleveland, we, we don't know what would happen, but I think him in Cincinnati, I think the Bengals are going to win against the Raiders, but it's going to, I got the Raiders, I'm sorry, Bengals winning that game. Bills, Pats, I got to just think with that cold weather. I mean, unless you somehow out-scheme Belichick, then you've, you, you'll win. But I just think Belichick in the playoffs, you know, back, but without Brady. Yes, uh, then Sunday's games, Eagles taking on the Buccaneers, 49ers taking on the Cowboys, and Steelers taking on the Chiefs. I'm looking through this, and the last time Pittsburgh took on the Chiefs, it was a bloodbath as the Chiefs murdered them in that game. I think Cowboys and 49ers will be a good one after the performance we saw last week from the 49ers and the Cowboys with Bucks eagles I think Tampa will definitely take care of that game for sure. I have Pittsburgh winning. Wow. The why I say I'll say the reason why I'll say this is because I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, but I really do think Pittsburgh again. You want to talk about fan bases in the NFL? The Steeler fan, I mean, I went to school in Pennsylvania for two years at Edinburgh where I wrestled Division One. Shout out the Fighting Scots. And Browns fans are one thing, but Steeler fans are a whole other breed of animal. I mean, you, you'll go, go to a game in Las Vegas or, or Los Angeles and you see a ton bubbled in the arena with that terrible towel. I, I just think that right now, Ben Roethlisberger's on a two-game kick right now where everything's in motion. You've got a solid running back in Najee Harris. They've got really good wide receivers. The only question you have is, you know, them stopping the run. But I think Pittsburgh – I could see Pittsburgh beating Kansas City in this game. Uh, interesting. It's the one that's rising Monday night. We got Monday night playoff football now. Uh, Carlos on the Rams – I think it's just for another Manning cast. Uh, but oh. this is going to be an interesting one. And because Cardinals started off hot this whole year, and the Rams added weapons throughout the season, including Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller. This is going to be a close well, one. The Rams are favored. Odell, you're back in the playoffs. Let's see what happens. Hey, he said he was going to be in the playoffs and not the Browns, so – he was right about something. Yeah, he was right about something. But let's just see. Let's just see. If he if he goes out there and doesn't get a single target or anything, that, that's just going to say something. But that's gonna, that will be an interesting game. I agree. Uh, very quickly, before we get into Drunkie, uh, tonight's the college football national championship game between Georgia versus Alabama. I know when this episode comes out, the game's going to be over, but who you got in this game? Repeat of the SEC championship. Well, 
<laughs> so I did, I do have some ties to Alabama. My brother, shout out Grant, he went to the University of Alabama and he's a fight from the University of Alabama, finished at Ohio State. I, it pains me. It's better than saying go blue, but hang, hang on a minute. I, I gotta, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta play a little something here to a really, won't be long to really, really get my uh, pick. I think a little, um, maybe he likes Georgia Bulldogs, but I, I think I'm really, really, I'm going with sweet home Alabama. You know, I just think Alabama's got a good team. Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. And not just, I mean, not just, I mean, obviously college football, but pro, but sports in general. You look at those Bama, Bama, even at George, they just got beasts on that offense, on just on both sides of the ball. So I got Bama winning 35-21. Interesting. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm riding with the Bulldogs in this one. After uh, what we saw, what they did against Michigan, who they obviously had a better Sorry, what was that? Yeah, um, I'm just going with Georgia. <laughs> I just think after what we saw, what they did against Michigan, really shutting them out and everything, I think they won't have a similar defense, like with like you know not letting Bama like score points. Bama's definitely going to score on them, but they're going to put up a better defensive performance in the S than they did in the SEC championship game against Bama. I mean, after what we saw in that, it was just terrible. And I mean, they they played each other four years ago on on this day or like, a, like on Saturday. And I think like that's still in the mind of I, Kirby you know, Smart. Yeah. I think he's still thinking about that game. He's like going in, he doesn't want to make the same mistakes he did last time against yeah, that, Alabama. That game. game. I mean, it's going to be a battle of defense. It just I mean Bryce Young. He's, I mean, he is a study. He is a See, it'll be a good game. Is um, going to highlight next year's, Quarterback point. Yeah, I, yeah. Georgia, yeah. Georgia's quarterback situation is questionable, but they were able to do a great job against Michigan. Let's see if they do a much better job against Alabama this time around. And to finish off the show, we got. What are you doing, drunky? Yes, drunky of the week. I'll go with my drunky, and it is Frank Wright and the Indianapolis Colts. What kind of game plan was that? You went out there and lost to the worst team in the National Football League, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got the number one overall pick. They're the worst team in my books. People can say the Lions, but the Lions went out there and fight every game for Dan Campbell. The Jaguars didn't give a shit about Urban Meyer. They could care less about him, and then they were happy that he was gone. They got some energy back in them, and they went through and just bulldozed the Colts. And, you know, they had an opportunity to make the playoffs. Everyone was saying, oh, man, the Colts, they could be a Super Bowl contender. In that game, they showed that they weren't, and they literally were just not prepared. They just thought it was going to be an easy walkthrough, and it wasn't for them. So, yeah, my drunkie, the Frank Wright and the Indianapolis Colts. Well, I already said my drunkie is a spoiler alert, but I'm going to say it again. And uh, I have some former college room Giants fans. Um, Jojo, you are not the drunkie, but you are DUI of the, I mean, what the hell? It, it, you, I, I, you, and you claim to be a Belichick disciple in those plays. That's all I have to say. Claims to be Belichick, all I write. Just bad, bad play calling in general. And Hunter, I want to thank you again for coming on this episode. Pass the mic. I'm 100% sure this one will be uploaded up by tomorrow morning, so definitely take a listen to it on your way into work. Uh, remember, you can always listen to our episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. That was it for Pass the Mic Sports Talk. Fienzo Orlando, Hunter Aletta. Thanks for listening in. Remember, follow us on Twitter at pass underscore Mike underscore.
and Instagram, Facebook at Past the Mike Sports Talk. We will see you all next week for an NFL playoff recap and also getting a look at the Cavs. Have a great week, everybody. I learned one thing since I've been here. You got to fight!